It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm here with uh, Genia Kasevich, who's, who's a remarkable man that I met years ago pastoring a significant church in Kiev, Ukraine. And Genia, you and I have talked about this a little bit over this year, now that uh, all of this is happening in Ukraine. Uh, what in the world happened? I mean, how did this happen? Why did they mass on the border and then everybody thought everything's going to be okay, and then all of a sudden Russia attacks? And uh, what's the background, and, and where do you feel like we're at right now? Well, uh, there are a few sides to all of this situation. My mom, who is Ukrainian language teacher, not Russian, Ukrainian. Now everybody understands the difference because, right. you know, when, when before uh, people would get to me and they say, oh, you're Russian. I said, no, I'm Ukrainian. And they got no clue what the difference is. Now yeah. I think everybody got a clue, right? Yeah. So, and my mom, uh, for years, since I was a kid, she said to me, uh, son, the big war is coming. The big war is coming. So oh. they knew. Uh, that that all the generations they knew because um, you know Russians always were treating Ukrainians as a as a smaller nation uh, like a little little brother and child uh, in a sense yeah yeah uh, and, uh, and and that's true because uh, you know we are we are smaller nation and we are smaller country but there are two sides of it. Um, what people don't realize, there is all, always the physical side and the spiritual side. The physical side, everybody say Putin want to reestablish Soviet Union, which I believe to some sense. He wants to, uh, he would always tell people uh, everywhere that one of the biggest tragedies of the 20th century was the fall of Soviet Union. Right. And he really believes that. Yeah. And that's why he wants to reestablish that superpower, let's say. Now we understand it was not a superpower. I mean, look at the Russian army right now. Everybody thought it's a second strongest army in the world, but now everybody understands. So th there is a physical side. Now there is a spiritual side, which I believe is totally devil. And uh, totally devil is, um, he hates what's going on in Ukraine. You've been to Ukraine. You've right. been to our churches. Um, many people, what they don't realize that Ukraine is uh, not just a breadbasket for Russia and for Europe. Ukraine is a missionary basket. Wow. One of the biggest forces, mission forces in all Eastern Europe there are pastors from Ukraine. You wow. look at the pastors in the, in the, in Russia, they probably will be from Ukrainian territory. Wow. You look at the churches in Ukraine, one of the biggest, some of the biggest ever churches are in Kiev, in Kharkiv, in some of those cities in Ukraine. No wonder um, Satan hates it. And no wow. wonder Satan wants to put it down. So I really believe there is a spiritual side to all of this. And uh, you know that everybody is talking about the war situation. It's like David and Goliath story. But that's how we conquered the Goliath. Because, um, uh, because spiritually talking, you cannot really find, Paul, any 
person in Ukraine who would not just not go just to Orthodox Church or to Catholic Church, but to Protestant churches, to church yeah. like, churches like ours. All of them have been there. All of them have served in those churches. The yeah. churches are made of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, I was, I was, I'll never forget walking in, you know, flying to Kiev. And of course, we had uh, another friend there, you know, uh, Pastor Elijah and, and uh, other friends that we knew. And then I, I came over to uh, Hillsong, to the church you had uh, helped plant and, and uh, grow. And I was shocked. It was huge and vibrant and young people yeah. and young people by the thousands were. And then there were other churches uh, throughout Ukraine. And being, you know, uh, I'm, I've traveled to 84 countries. I've seen a lot. But it still surprised me. I didn't realize the depth of uh, of what was happening in the church there, of what the kingdom had done, of what God had done there. And you're right. I meet people from Ukraine all over Europe who are involved in ministry, uh, passionately involved in churches, and whether it's in Bulgaria, where we've been, or Albania, or difficult, difficult places that they've gone to. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that, that that makes that makes a lot of sense that this is yeah. a spiritual battle and and we can see the geopolitical issues. Yeah, you know the whole that, NATO. That's, thing. that's just one side of it. Yeah, yeah the whole NATO thing, Putin thing, whatever. But if you will, as followers of Christ, we understand that everything emanates from the fight yeah. between good and evil. Exactly. Right. Yes. And so the enemy's trying to take out the a voice of Christianity that's been strong and powerful which is why we did the book Never Quit. You know, I looked at it, Genia, and I, I remember calling you uh, right after. I mean, it must have been uh, the month after or something like that, after this whole war broke out. Mm -hmm. And you and I started talking to me. I said, there's a book called Never Quit that my father wrote. And, and I'm looking at what's our part as Christian is network. In other words, everybody has to look at what can we do. Yeah. If we see believers and friends in trouble, whether it's in Ethiopia or Southern Indonesia or Mindanao or wherever it is. What's my part? And and look, even in uh, Russia, because they are suffering too now. Well, three years ago, we were in St. Petersburg and had some remarkable meetings with tremendous churches, great pastors. We have maximized manhood in Russian. Yeah. And then I looked at this and I said, well, what is it that we can help? And so we, John Grunwald, who you know with Rama. Yeah, uh, and his team grabbed a hold of the book, translated it, did a fantastic job, and now there's a landing page. If you go to cmn.men and click on resources, you can go to Never Quit, and right there in Ukrainian is is uh, the whole landing page, a free download of the book Never Quit, and That's that deals with you know trusting God in the middle of crisis. Yeah, that's really what never quit is about. How do you trust God in the middle of crisis, in the middle of transition, in the middle of spiritual warfare? How do you trust God? It's things like uh, how do you, you know, don't stop communicating. Don't hunker down. Don't walk in fear. Live righteously, but act on truth, because in this world, people can amplify untruths so quickly. Yeah. And that's why I like talking to you, Genia, because you you cut through all of that and remind us because we can get real caught up, especially I live in America as you do now also. And, 
Americans can get real caught up in our stuff. Yes. Yeah. We can get very myopic, narcissistic, if you will. And, and we have to open it up and realize there's a spiritual battle going yeah. on. Now you that's, that's what you that's what you you hear right now, even in America, because many voices are now started to ask questions: Why do we have to help Ukraine? Why do we have to send all the billions of dollars to Ukraine? This is not right. our war. But what people don't realize, it's a spiritual war, and it is targeting everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no well. It's uh, my friend Mike Evans said in a small meeting that that we had together right after he had talked to some people in governments over in the Middle East. And he said, what we have to understand that this is actually a world war fought by proxy. Mm -hmm. In other words, the entire world is actually at war. At one level or another, everyone is taking sides, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's in the United Nations, which may be somewhat, uh, you know, uh, unable to, to, to really do anything ineffective and yet at the same time everybody's doing something about it yes we really are a world at war yeah and everybody you know i've been traveling to europe in the past 40 days uh we took like a uh, not a holiday from our daily job and we went to europe to work with those refugees in europe because Um, many don't realize there are five to seven million Ukrainians who are displaced in European countries right now. And most of those Ukrainians are women with kids without husbands because husbands would not be able to leave Ukraine because they have to stay and fight for Ukraine. And uh, when we were there in, uh, you know, in Europe, the biggest question people are asking, where is God in all of this? Wow. And my biggest answer to this, hold yeah. on a second, Ukraine is still fighting, right? They say yes. I mean, you got David against Goliath for yeah. eight months still fighting. And you are asking, where is God in the midst of that? There is your story. It's a Bible story in a real life right now. That's what we're experiencing right now. And uh, so people are kind of, they they caught up in their own thinking about, that's why your book is so helpful because you're going through transition time and uh, through transition periods. And uh, what do you do in those situations? And I, I will tell you one more thing, Paul. I preached everywhere I go uh, during this trip, 40 days trip, and I preached in uh, five or six different churches. And Vera did the uh, women's conferences because as your I wife, said, Vera. it's full of you women. You guys have a great ministry. You're based in Florida now with a, with a lot of ministry in Europe. And in particular, your wife has a ministry, has, she's always been. I remember the first time we met, and I think the first time we actually met was in Lima, Peru. Yeah. With uh, Robert and Karen Berger and your wife did uh, some women's meetings that just really rocked. And she's yeah. a, a great minister. And, and I remember you turned to me and I said, now I understand the success of your church. It's she. <laughs> yeah, we, I may have said that. <laughs> no, yeah. it, it sounds like Paul Cole, right? Yeah, I may have said that. But nonetheless, uh, it, you've got a great ministry, you and your wife, Vera. So I wanted to just make sure everybody understood the background. You, you've been in ministry, and uh, you travel through Europe. You speak to these things. 
And you now you speak now. Give me a little background. Let's go back. Let's roll it back a little right. bit. Give me a little bit of your background, where you grew up, how you end up pastoring one of the most significant churches in all of Europe. Well, I um, my profession, uh, my background is a professional musician, and uh, this is funny enough. But now, in the middle of the all the financial crisis and economy crisis, I actually took my diploma. Uh, which is the highest education uh, in uh, in Ukraine and Russia, and I am I am doing some music therapy sessions, which means for autistic kids. I'm wow. working with autistic wow. kids uh, on some daily basis, uh, a part mm-hmm. of my traveling schedule and a part of my preaching and teaching and all of that thing. But yeah, my that's my background. I'm professional musician. I play piano, but my specialty theory of music uh, harmonies and creating of music wow. uh, and i play i am a pianist but at the, in, in a vera likes to joke uh, i am a good guy uh, at the daytime and i am a bad guy at the evening i play bass uh, as my hobby so <laughs> I, I i was very much in heavy music and that's how we actually met people from Australia, I was unsaved musician who were hired in 1992 to play for evangelistic concert. And why you would hire unsaved musicians? Because remember, Soviet Union just broke in 1991. So you could not find any saved musician back then. So what do you do when you start a church? You hire unsaved musicians. And uh, the guy named Darko, who stayed there for five years, for four and a half years, Darko's he actually that. took us yeah. under his wing and he raised us uh, yeah. from, you know, small Christian babies. Well, and Darko, after he left, Dar- yeah. Darko and Kathy Kuljak. Yes. Oh. And after he yeah. left, I became a pastor of that same church. So wait, so they hired you. Yeah. You were a, a long-haired rock musician. Yeah. <laughs> they hired yeah. you to play in a band. And 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 look, not just that, we were not interested in all of this Christian stuff. Right. We were asked to play for a few songs, and then pastor would preach. We would not understand any of that. He would preach with the interpreter, and we would go downstairs to the bar area to smoke a couple of cigarettes to drink some wine and stuff like that, because they used to pay us $5 per night, which in 1992, Paul, was one month's salary, five US dollars per night. So it was pretty good gig. Wow. Well, in fact, I just was uh, texting with Darko yesterday. It was his birthday. So Yeah, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. God bless that brother. And uh, and Michael Murphy, who was also a part of that, who's actually on our board of Christian's Network today and uh, a tremendous friend and really behind all of this. So uh, this uh, wild long hair musician gets hired to, to play in a band. God grabs a hold of his heart. Yeah. Is that where you and Vera met then, doing music? Uh, no, we already been living together. We had a son, Roman, who is a, an amazing worship leader and worship pastor. He's he's a pastor, worship pastor at Trinity Church right now in Miami area with Rich Wilkerson, the father, the really? senior. Yeah, that's where yeah, he senior. he's a worship wow. pastor there. Back then, he was three year old. Wow. Yeah. 
That's an amazing story. And now here you are, and you're in touch a lot with, with all of your friends and loved ones in Ukraine. What's the attitude? What's the feeling? What's the spirit of things right now? So what's happening, I always tell people since the war began that there's going to be three uh, different areas, um, stages, put it this way. The first stage is over now. That's when we used to, that was end of February, beginning of March and probably April, when we had to evacuate everybody we knew from our country. Um, I actually, um, I raised some of the finances uh, between five and $10,000 at the first few hours when the war has started. And people used to send money to my personal bank account. And in a, in a matter of hours, I would, use this uh, app called PaySend, I would send money to anybody we knew, $100, $200. People, so people would buy yeah. gas. People would just go across wow. the border to Poland, uh, Czech Republic, Romania, Moldova, anywhere outside of Ukraine. And that was our first, you know, uh, um, f uh, first thing we had to do. Now, the second thing, we are in the middle of that, right now we need to finish this war and uh, that's that's gonna take another few months they say uh, the war is not gonna be finished really soon i mean we need more heavy weaponry from the united states and some of the european countries but after we win the war because i believe ukrainians are gonna win this in mm -hmm. any case we're gonna win this war and after that, it's going to be the third stage, which is which I would call the rebuild, rebuild the church in Ukraine, rebuild the, the, you know, the spiritual situation, work with those people who were affected by the war. And that's going to take another 10 to 15 years, as you can as you can understand. So we are pretty busy. With, with, we're going to be pretty busy with our ministry for another 10 to 15 years. I, uh, I look at United States as a base and as a missionary ground uh, to raise uh, anything what we need to go back to Ukraine. I can actually see myself and Vera live. That's why we did not sell the house in Ukraine. We still got an apartment in Kiev. And uh, who knows, maybe um, in, a, in a very near future, we're going to be living between two countries, between United States and Ukraine, and helping rebuild, rebuild those countries. Well, uh, I pray, I pray that, I pray that uh, we pray for that, for you and uh, Vera, and for all of our friends who are displaced. We have a very, very close friend, Chris uh, Gina Callahan, who were in the process of adopting a beautiful girl that they had known for about three years from the time yeah. she was nine years old. She's now 12. She was from the countryside. She was an orphan for many years. All the paperwork was done and all they had to do was fly over to Kiev in March and do the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So when the, when the battle broke out in February, when the invasion took place, the man who was in charge of the, the orphanage took 124 kids, crammed them into a bus that first night, got on the bus and drove towards, uh, I guess, towards Germany, which would be through Poland. Is that right? Yes. So uh, very bravely did that. In the midst of everything that was going on, that orphanage was hit by a rocket two days later. 
Oh my gosh. Destroyed. Now he did that without any permissions, you know, government permissions, whatever, just got them out. So Chris finding this out flew to Germany, uh, drove to a village that he heard they were at, found somebody who spoke English and through a, a, the providence of God found, uh, you know, found his, uh, his would be daughter. Now, of course, it's all stuck in limbo yeah, but they're helping underwrite that. So that was actually the first place we sent the Never Quit book online was into that encampment of young people. There's about 200 young people now that are being taken care of by a, a German little small German town. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're taking care of them, making sure they're OK. They've got them. It's sort of a high school that they put some fencing around to make sure it was secure, not yeah. just to keep people in, but to keep them safe, you know. Yeah. My my yeah, wife yeah. my wife's sister lives in Colmar, France, mm. and uh, she said uh, it's a small town. She said they had probably like five Russian-speaking people before the war. Now they have five hundred. Wow, wow. Yeah. Well, I love you were just in Berlin and some, a number of other cities. I love seeing the photos of people standing at the train stations with signs that said "Welcome to Germany." And, and we have a place for you to live. And we have to do that. And, and I believe that, that what you talked about in terms of the spiritual battle and what has been happening in Ukraine for many, many years with the rise of the churches, and actually Ukraine was sending missionaries to other parts of Europe yeah. and into Africa, into the Middle East. Uh, I believe that's not only going to happen again, but it's going to accelerate. Our yeah. small part of that, getting this first little thing done, it, you know, I, I begin to understand what it takes to move things around right now in a in a crisis area because just trying to get the translation done. <laughs> uh, we got an email one day from uh, one of the men who was involved in getting the translation of Never Quit done, and he said, I'm sorry we had to uh, pause on that. He said, we had to leave our town because so many rockets were coming in, yeah. and we had to move to another place. And yeah. so I had I had a, I had a similar situation when I said we used to the used to do this app called PaySend, and the guy who set everything up was from Ukraine, and he was like, "Oh, hold on a second, we I I can hear rockets coming my way, so I need to go to the bomb shelter." Same thing. Oh man, well I want to thank also as we, as we finish this. Thank you, Eugenia, for taking the time to be with us on this Never Quit special podcast and uh, video. But I want to thank those who were involved, those who are part of the Christian Men's Network involved in making sure this was funded and getting done to translate the book Never Quit into Ukrainian. I know thank it's you. going to be a great blessing. I'm believing for hundreds of thousands of downloads, believing that it'll help undergird people, believing that it'll help lift their spirit, bring hope in the midst of darkness, bring uh, bring health in the midst of an unhealthy situation, and take their hearts and minds and spirits and open their eyes. I believe that there's going to be many, many people who come to become followers of Jesus Christ, who give their lives to Christ in the middle of this crisis. I mean, how many how many times when we look at even our lives, most of us came to Christ in the middle of a crisis. Exactly. It may not have been the middle of warfare, but it was spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. It was it was uh, the middle of we, some we sort did, of crisis. We, we did this concert in uh, in Germany in this beautiful church, thanks to the pastor. 
he brought about 150 unsaved people and Vera was singing a couple of songs another guy was singing and I did a little preaching like for 10 minutes you know and yeah. I can tell you after that concert 150 people unsaved people were praying oh. the prayer of salvation thank you Lord. you don't have to do much these days you don't no. have to do much these days people are looking for anything to to feel better and that's when god comes you know it's the light never shines brighter than in the darkness so Virginia yeah. uh, kasovich uh, Genia and vera i want to pray over you and thank god for you thank you for your friendship looking forward to uh times together in the future yeah. and uh as the as the jews used to say they used to say when when uh, there was no nation of israel they used to say next year in jerusalem Right. And there was always that promise for a couple thousand years. And so uh, I think you and I could say uh, next year in Kiev. Hey, hey, and I that, got people in the government who said, we already got your invitation to the victory parade. <laughs> well, <laughs> I look forward to being no, there. I, I'll, make sure, I'm a, I'm, I'll make sure I got a couple of tickets for you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Zinia uh, and Vera and their family. Thank you for Roman. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in their lives. I thank you for the significant impact of the kingdom of heaven in the nation of Ukraine. Father, I pray right now over Virginia and Vera. Every place they put their feet is holy ground, and everything they put their hands to will prosper. I pray, Father, safety, protection, vision. Uh, I pray remarkable and unusual favor over the nation of Ukraine, over President Zelensky, every single person involved. Father, whether it be in, in the army, armed forces, politics, in the local churches, in the food programs, I mm. pray over all of those compassion ministries that are taking food into Ukraine right now. Many of our friends who are driving trucks, many of our friends who are helping pay for the freight. Lord, I pray right now, increase, increase in the name of Jesus. And I pray the end result of all this is that many people in Russia, in Ukraine, across Europe, become followers of Jesus Christ. Yes. I Amen. pray, Father, an increase in the kingdom, because we recognize these days as the last days. And your word says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. That means speak life. So, Father, I pray, and we speak life over Ukraine, speak life over every city, speak life over our loved ones, speak life over all of our friends in Russia, all of our loved ones there, all of the family and the body of Christ throughout Europe. We speak life. And we thank, thank you for the outpouring and anointing of your Holy Spirit and all of this, and on Virginia and Vera, and on this book, Never Quit. I pray, Father, it comes into the hands of thousands of people who find that spark of life that erupts in them as they meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, to the glory of the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Thank you for taking the time. God bless you. I'm glad you're home safely from that huge tour. I watched you. It looked, it looked tiring. It looked intense, but it looked like a great success. So, well done. Love you, brother. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men. 
or write to him at paul at cmn.man.